So this is Gene, and I'm from Philly, and back there we called it art. What is art? Now in Boston, they say, what is at? So Steve, what is at? Um, at is what I say when like an elephant steps on my foot or something. <laughs> I say, at! It's art is how I yes. learned to pronounce it. I guess it's really up to the artist to tell us what art is. I mean, it, the, the good news for this podcast is that we have a real professional artist working with us here at the Clay Center on a project specifically devoted to mental health, something that um, she'll tell you about, but she calls participatory art, which I'm anxious to hear about. So stay tuned and you'll learn about that. Welcome back to Shrinking It Down, Mental Health Made Simple. I'm Gene Bresson. And I'm Steve Schlossman. And today we have a special guest. I mean, let, let me just give a little intro. So <laughs> in the Clay, the Clay Center, you know, we've, been, we've talked a lot about, written a lot about uh, creativity and the arts and its relationship to mental health. Uh, and well-being. This sounds like an intro to the Clay Center. Well, I'm going to I'm going to say why this person okay, is so got special. It. Okay, I just want to make sure. Okay. <laughs> because we've done yeah. so much, but now we're taking it to a new level of excitement and creativity. So our special guest, Lisa Hamilton, is our visiting artist for Civic Media, and she is in the studio to talk about her work. There's a real special project she's working on. That's Steve. That's why I'm getting to Got it. it. I we've done a lot of stuff, but she's really an artist. Yes, we, we're just. She actually makes her living. We're as fake an artist, artists, you know. <laughs> not, yeah, no, no. I mean, <laughs> we have day gigs. This is her. It's like gig. fake news. Yeah, this is this is not this fake. Is, this Don't is, go there. This is, you weren't going to go through the okay, news. I won't go there. Stop. But okay. she's here in the studio to talk about her work, which is brilliant, and um, it's. It's, it's a combination of create. I'll let her talk about it, but it's, it seems to me it's it it brings together creativity, meaning, and civic responsibility and meaning. You know, community based art. Yeah, so, no, this is one of those awkward moments in a podcast where we refer to someone in the third person, even though she's directly to my right. Like, like hello, there she is. <laughs> she is. Yeah. yeah, so she's here. With she's us, right here, and she'll be able to describe it better than we will any day. Um, well, so, let's start as we usually do by talking about how the week has been, and maybe, Elisa, you could say, how has this week been for you? What's what's going on in your oh, life? Oh, how has this week been for me? Um, well, first off, I'll say that my name's Elisa, and I am a socially engaged multimedia artist, and I'm excited to be here with you today. Um, and I am actually just finishing up um, graduate school. Um, I'm getting my master's in civic media. And when do you graduate? I Technically, I graduate in August, um, but this has been like my last formal semester. So I turned in all my finals. So I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good about that. I'm feeling uh, like I have completed awesome. many projects and I feel like I, um, I tried really hard um, and it showed. And so I'm feeling um, really happy and grateful for that. I'm proud. You yeah. should be proud. Yeah. Yeah. Terrific. <laughs> yeah. Good. <laughs> what about your weeks? How have your weeks That's been? That's it? Tell, tell us something more. Oh, more? Um, let's see. Um, yeah, this weekend, I guess, is my hooding ceremony. So I get my graduate hood this, this weekend. What color do you, like, what color is the 
for um, a, is it a PhD in fine arts? No, or, no, it's an it's an MA. It's an, an MA, MA okay. in civic media. Um, and so it's I think it's white. It's white, and then it's the Emerson colors also. Cool. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I guess uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm happy. I'm taking a week of pause next mm-hmm. week, sort of like the end of a semester and the beginning of a summer. So I'm looking forward to that week of pause. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you so much. That's awesome. <laughs> Well, now I talked about my two-year-old, almost two-year-old, um, Sasha, um, and um, two-year-old granddaughter, granddaughter. Just to be my, clear, my, my two-year-old granddaughter. <laughs> I Sasha. want to be clear. Yeah, right. Now my two-year-old <laughs> yeah. daughter. I, my, my Unless kid. you're telling me something I don't know. No, yeah, no, okay. no, no. But um, it was really, really cute. Um, her mom, my daughter, sent um, a video of Sasha kind of grooving to music. But what she was grooving to was Old and in the Way. And Sasha's grooving and she's going. One of my favorite albums. She's probably told folks who that is. That's Old and in the Way. Yeah. Okay, so Old and in the Way, Jerry Garcia, Tony Rice, David Grisman. But an album made especially for kids. Well, no, this wasn't for kids only. This was Old and in the Way. Oh, this was their, their, like, right. They were doing just like regular, kind of like bluegrass. Country picking. They do have kind that one stuff. just for kids. They too. have. Like I'd rather it's be called, a lobster. It's, called, it's yeah. called not for kids only. Yeah, yeah. They didn't play that one, and she said, "Oh, that's Kappa music," and I thought, "Wow." Wait, Kappa is who? Kappa is me. Okay, that's what she calls yeah. me. <laughs> so, um, thank you for clarifying. That's okay. Um, but but I, what's so cool about Kafka, it is yeah. I play that music on the guitar. I play that music all the time, and, and you know, this is you know like you know, picking music. It's, you know, it's roots music. But what I was so impressed with is that she could recognize the sound of that music that she hadn't heard that old and in the way in my house, but she recognized it as of the same genre. And I think that's pretty sophisticated for a two-year-old. Now, you were just saying before we came on the air that the way the two-year-olds recognize a dog from a cat is by pattern recognition. Yep. So she was able to recognize the patterns of the music and associate it with, with you, with me. Yeah, I mean, to me, the the this is what we were just saying. The cooler thing about that, not, I mean, I would expect her to have pattern recognition, and it's awesome that she does. But it's pattern recognition to her grandpa. Yeah, and that's that's awesome. I mean, <laughs> what more can you ask for? And, you know, and especially pattern recognition associating you to music and to the kind of music that has meaning to you. It's, that's really it's, special. It's the, it's the best gift I could have ever had. Yeah, yeah. So that's special. And how's your week? Uh, good, good. I saw my brother-in-law get married over the weekend um, out in Mendocino. Uh, he is 50. His beautiful now wife is 40. It was kind of fun to see a wedding of folks who are my age when they're kind of more fully formed humans as opposed to what I was when I got <laughs> married and had no idea what I was doing. I barely remember it, you know, because I was just so f- weirded out at this thing happening and running around and doing rounds with everybody. It was just neat to see two people who... Um, really, really, really in love and had worked awfully hard to find each other and had and had thought it through and the ceremony was beautiful. It was, it was just neat to be part of it. Mm-hmm. So I, it's not hardly groundbreaking, but it was it left me with more of a bounce in my step than I even expected. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it was cool. So let's get to today's topic. So Elisa, can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing yeah. for the Clay Center and for your 
your capstone project? Yeah, sure. So I guess maybe I'll start a little bit about telling you a little bit about my work. That'd be um, great. Yeah. Yeah. So I identify as a socially engaged multimedia artist. Um, so I use lots of different media. I have a background in theater and performance and um, a BA in painting. So I kind of merge 3D, 2D, and experiential art to create opportunities for folks to come together, um, activate dialogue, build empathy, um, and hopefully have a meaningful experience um, with one another. Um, and I was really attracted to the Clay Center um, because of the work that you're really doing for the community, um, offering folks resources on how to lead happier, healthier lives. Um, so for my um, thesis project, we are asked to partner with a community organization um, with a civic mission um, and to work with that organization over time. So I've been here working with you all since uh, January um, and we'll be working with you through August um, to, uh, to identify a problem area and to through um, participatory design methods, which is really collaborating, working together, um, develop a, a solution or, or um, an opportunity for positive change. So that's what I'm. That's what I'm doing here. And just so folks know, you're a really accomplished artist. I mean, not that it would, <laughs> if, you, if you weren't, we wouldn't say. But like, yeah, you know, when we were so lucky to get you and then when I started reading about it, it's like not only are we lucky like what is she doing with us like this is oh come on <laughs> y'all are, are accomplished no, I but, would but, say I mean, can you just tell us some of your projects some of the stuff you've done yeah yeah sure um Oh goodness! Um, so I guess the project that I'm that I have upcoming is um, I'm really excited. I'm working with um, the city of Cambridge and the Cambridge Arts Council here in Cambridge, Massachusetts. In Cambridge, Cambridge Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yep. yep. Um, um, and I am being um, uh, commissioned by the city to create this um, public art piece for this building called the Foundry, and I'm creating um, a jukebox that features community stories um, and also um, a live story sharing series um, that features Cambridge residents and their stories. So that's that's a project that's going to be upcoming, and I'll well, be working on that for the next so, three years. So, wait, so, <laughs> how does it work? Yeah, so folks, so folks go to this jukebox and they record. And then other people can hear the stories if they turn it turn it on or what? What? How, so what's, yeah, it's actually so. And I would say that this is true for all of my work is that um, it's really not just about the jukebox. It's about the process of creating these stories for mm -hmm. the jukebox, and it's about the public programs that are going to be an inherent part of creating this jukebox. So um, I start working on it um, this summer, actually, building infrastructure for the project. So basically, um, I have a great community partner called The Loop Lab, um, which is an organization in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and they work with youth um, and young adults um, from underserved neighborhoods, teaching them digital storytelling. So teaching them you know, media literacy, financial literacy, and digital storytelling, audio, visual. Um, and so I'm gonna be working with The Loop Lab to develop these podcasts and audio stories with the community. So some of the stories will be developed with the Loop Lab, some of the stories will be developed at the public programs. Um, so, so it really is about not just the jukebox, but the process of creating the jukebox. But the jukebox itself will live at the Foundry you know, forever. Um, and um, and that is going to be something that folks are able to interact with, you know, go and, and play a, a, tr a track 
and hear, you know, a neighbor talking about about their lived experience in the Cambridge community. So, so cool. I mean, because it also speaks to, <clears throat> well, to some extent to the project that you're doing with us, but, but just thinking more broadly, you know, you said it'll be there forever. Yeah. The, the stories will be there forever. Yes. But they will change their meaning over time. They right? will, yeah. Even to the people who told the stories or people who've heard them. Like, mm-hmm. if you you get older, like I've gone back and read To Kill a Mockingbird, you know, probably 20 times. And every time I'm at a different stage in my life. And mm-hmm. so I can imagine going into the foundry over the years. I mean, this, this would be awesome, right? And I remember hearing that story, but this hadn't happened to me mm-hmm. when I heard it. So now this story means something different. Yeah. Like it's so... It, it speaks to that kind of timelessness of art, which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think what's really exciting about this particular jukebox is I love the idea that folks will be able to return to a story and hear it again. But what's also exciting is that the stories can change over time. So as as the dialogues change within the community, as as community issues, you know, um, uh, grow and um, folks want to talk about different things, that these audio tracks can be swapped out. And it will be people from Cambridge or will, will people who visit the foundry from all over the country can anybody can anybody go in there and tell their stories or what? So some of these things have yet to be decided um, because the project is still new and part of participatory design is that you're letting the stakeholders the community yeah. really be a part of what the final product is but this jukebox really is about the Cambridge community and community yeah. voices <clears throat> and especially um, creating a platform for folks who don't usually have a platform to share their stories yeah. to share um, you know I'm an artist. Artists, we create platforms to share our stories all the time. We have gallery shows. You know, we we put ourselves out there all the time, and we have the opportunity for people to share back with us about what they think and what they feel. But I'm really interested. I'm interested in a lot of things in our work, but in this project especially, I'm really interested in you know gathering folks together and and activating conversations between people who maybe otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity to connect with each other are able to come together and have a conversation that feels special, that feels important and feels like like they're really heard. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a lot what this so project is terrific. about that's upcoming. Um, but yes, I've done I've done plenty <laughs> of other projects which I'd be happy to share with you. But we <laughs> we here we're not getting a jukebox. What are we getting from you? Yeah, what so, are we getting? Yeah, tell, us yes. about, tell us about uh, the, what are we doing with you? Tell what us are we things. doing? So uh, the idea that I'm um, developing, the concept that I'm developing with you all is called um, the illuminated collage um and so the the project itself is called illuminating mental health and it really is it's the concept and it's then also um a workshop model that allows folks to really share feelings and um, experiences with mental health and really activate dialogue um and all in an effort to sort of fight the stigma around mental health and and put mental health out in the open so that we can have these conversations regularly. Um, Because often, you know, when somebody asks us, oh, how are you? You know, we're not really sharing how we are and people aren't really asking how we are. Um, So this project is really about creating um, a shared space and and it also includes creating um, art together um, where we can share and process and also become more educated about our mental health. So how does it work? 
So what, yeah. what, so what's the nitty gritty? Because I know we're gonna, you're going to yeah. come up with a toolkit. Yeah, that's right. That 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 will be disseminated. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about how. In, in full disclosure, we have beta tested. Yeah, you have. Yeah, just, you we have, have tested we have, it. We, we, yeah, we are. Yeah, we are, we are so, our own focus group. Sure. Yeah. So I'm actually developing two models. So there's a short model which we all did together, um, which was so lovely, which really focuses on um, sharing feelings. And then there's a longer form model, um, which would be like a 90 minute workshop program that is really focused on um, schools. So the short model is, is going to be ideal for, for home, which I think is going to be really wonderful um, for, your, for your followers and your community at the Clay Center. Um, and so in the activity, um, the illuminated collage is actually a collage that folks create together on a window. Um, it uses these ma- this material called vellum, um, which is I don't know how would you describe the material when kind you of a felt transparent, it. Transparent, yeah, it's translucent. It's, yeah, it's translucent. Yeah. kind of a plastic, but yeah. it's not. I, don't, I guess it's. I think it was paper. It, yeah, I don't think it's, it's plastic. Kind of I know it's paper, paper. plasticky, but it's kind of smooth. And when you hold it up to the light, it kind of glows. glows. It glows. Yeah. It, glows yeah, it glows, and it's colorful. So I was really. Um, um, very intentional about choosing that material. And here at the Clay Center, you all shine light on <coughs> mental health through education. And so I thought, well, I want to I want to do that too. And I think that there's a way we can do that with art. Um, so this material literally becomes illuminated when put up to light. And so the idea is that um, on these strips of vellum or pieces of vellum, and folks can express themselves in words or images and cut out shapes and put together the pieces on a window, um, being inspired by each other and literally illuminate reflections on our own mental health and our own mental health experiences. And then um, engage in a conversation about, um, about what was created, what was created together. So that's sort of the basic model. So both about the individual creations that each participant makes, but also about how they come together to form kind of an organic whole. And and the same group of people could do this two different times, three, like get different results every time. Once it's on the window and you talk about it, every time I looked at it on the window and I saw the things that I had seen before, I I had different thoughts. I had different thoughts about Mm. it. Yeah, I I mean, you know, you, you look at the neurobiology of, of what our brains do with art and we don't, we become particularly a linear, so we don't go A to B to C, we go A to D and then back to B and then maybe to Q. Yeah. And that was, <clears throat> excuse me, that was the experience I had. Like, mm. like, like we're creating this thing and like, oh, somebody else just did that. That brings me back to what mm. I was thinking of earlier. Oh, but now I'd like to jump forward to this thing. And, and because we could play with both shapes as well as colors, as well as um, both two or three dimensions, depending on how we folded the paper, yeah. it, it actually looked like a, like a living statement like a living thing I love that, that was on the window and and it was it had it had meaning Oh, like, like we had to respect it as a living thing after that mm-hmm. and, and that was pretty cool yeah I think that's one of the really wonderful things about um, participatory art and the idea of collaborative creation is that you end up with something that you wouldn't have made alone it could only have been made together and like you pointed out Steve like it's going to be different every time and especially when dealing with you know mental health and our feelings from day to day that is going to change and so the collage will change um and as you mentioned with the jukebox audio stories when you return to that you know say the next yeah. day you know you're going to have a different experience as as the viewer as as the person taking in all of so, this so as an artist 
what would you say is the um, this is obviously a leading question, I guess, but, <laughs> but what would you say is the advantage to like why not just tell people to get around a table and start talking about their feelings? Why do this? Oh, uh, because art art is a great entry point. I mean, so when we did this activity, you probably noticed that as I was explaining the activity to you, I had you hold the material. So even as I was sharing with you what we we're all going to be making together, you were already experiencing, you know, with your hands, sort of, and I asked you to fold it and sort of see what is capable. So being able to express ourselves with a material, you know, instead of, you know, going right to the dialogue allows us to kind of wade into that experience um, and express ourselves, you know, not just in words, but but in creation and making. And it felt engaged. I mean, I, I, I love the, the concept. Uh, it kind of, I, I had flashbacks to like, guess elementary school like, <laughs> like being in, but, but being in a group with other other kids and creating things together I mean because we hardly ever do that as, as adults yeah um, but not just cutting things and drawing on things but kind of like seeing what other people were doing and then mm. reflecting on what other people were doing and wondering about like what what's 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 she cutting what, you know and 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 it it was an engagement mm. yeah what I found interesting was that that I, I also had that grade school association. I think that's because that's the place where we most often are first introduced to this kind of modality right. of creation. But I wonder, like, why don't we do this more as adults? Mm. I mean, and you do do this as a, like, I do. You do. But, but we, <laughs> this is really this is like new to, yeah. to me. Yeah. I mean, I you know we we all have our outlets for creativity, mm -hmm. music, writing, what whatever. But why not do like? There's nothing first grader about doing something no. that you happen to have done first in first grade. Yeah, not at all. But I, I think that that's why art, especially public art, art in public places, um, art that the public has access to is so important is because we don't as, as adults or even as people have a lot of spaces that are created for mm -hmm. this kind of imaginative yeah. exploration. And, um, and that's notable. Like, yeah. why why aren't we doing this more? This feels so good. It's like, fun. why it's fun? It's <laughs> I'm learning something. I'm creating something with somebody else. I'm having you know meaningful experiences using these materials that like I don't I haven't touched before. I haven't made this before. And so I think that that's a great question, Steve. Why aren't we doing this more? You know? And you know, it, it actually <laughs> has all the elements of building resilience. I mean, mm -hmm. engaging with others, being aware. Yeah. You know, creating meaning. Um, so it, 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 you know, my hypothesis is the more we do of this, the more we will be able to become resilient, meaningful human beings mm. that are engaged with each other. I, I think it also um, speaks to a kind of warning, which can allow us to, as we, not, I don't want to end this on a dour note, but, but it always feels to me that at a time when the culture most needs art is the time when we pay the least attention yeah. to it, which is fast because we say, oh, we don't have time for this. Like, we, we've oh, got to deal with yeah, the real problems. Yeah, or we don't problems. have money for this. Right, like, the, oh, get rid of that. Right. Oh, get rid of that. And, and in fact, <laughs> it, it's, it's um, not just liberating and cathartic, but it creates new ideas, fresh ideas, from which you can actually build something new. Mm -hmm. And that's certainly been our goal at the Clay Center. Certainly your goal as an artist. And I, I think it's... My hope is that through our exercise in, in this project, we can sort of learn that building something new is actually not only uh, fun and informative, it's actually necessary, right, mm -hmm. to move forward as a, as and, a culture. And I completely just, agree. just to make a yeah. plug, um, that, um, Elisa, we're going to be rolling out a toolkit 
yeah. for families and schools uh, at the end of the summer? When, when, uh, yeah, yeah, around the end of the, end of the summer, summer, early fall, yep. So we should have our listeners kind of be on the lookout for this uh, toolkit that's going to be coming out so that, you know, you can join in and... and they, they won't have to look hard. We'll put it on our website. <laughs> <laughs> right. like they can be able to look at all That's they right. want, but it'll be there. So thank you very, very much for this. This is an amazing, um, amazing addition to what we've been trying to do at the Clay Center. Yeah, really grateful. Oh, it's, thank you. you. I'm, I'm so honored to be here. It's, it's such great. a pleasure to be working with you all. And as we wrap up, well, if anybody wants to comment about art and creativity or what Elise has been doing, please just, you know, send us your, your comments. And so to wrap up, we always kind of end up like with what's moved you in the news. I want to talk about the Met Gala because I was <laughs> those photos that I saw were just outrageous. And I just loved seeing all of these adults engaging in this kind of like fashion play. Um, yeah, they, and it was like they drawn costumes out of a trunk. Yeah, and, and there were costume their, changes, yeah, yeah. and it was just so theatrical and so outrageous. And I feel like it's it's also like I wasn't there, obviously, but I saw these pictures, and they brought me such joy and such pleasure. Um, seeing all these adults dressed in these in these crazy wild outfits, so that's that's something that I've been enjoying. <laughs> I think it's well. It was pretty cool. Like Cardi D's, we talked about that. Yeah, like, like yeah. How long did it even take them to arrange? The folks can look it up online. That that brown, that beautiful sort of dress, almost mid. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it was. It was like red, and it took. She had to have like six different people like help her carry it up the stairs. Um, so I just and I thought that that was like a great reminder, you know, again well, to it, tap into that childhood sort of imaginative well, play. Exactly, <laughs> and, and I mean, I remember because one of the things that was special about you know. Uh, our home is that we had these bins of costumes and the kids, you know, as they were growing up, you know, would dress up all the time and they would dress up in these weird costumes. They would create their own costumes. It was kind of like Halloween every day, but they loved it. And they, and it was just a great way for them to kind of like, you know, do imaginative play. Yeah. It just, it was, it was wonderful. Yeah. 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 No, I, um, it, it caught my eye too, like I, I was because <laughs> I was looking at the the news, like I could read about all the awful stuff. I could look at that, mm. and and it was so cool. It's yeah, nice it's escape, cool. right? Yeah, we all need an escape sometimes. Right, <laughs> that's right. So anyway, thanks everybody for listening, and uh, tune in next time if you have any questions or comments or want to chip in or 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 send us a picture in a costume. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Just go ahead and do it. I'm Gene Bresson. And I'm Steve Slosman. I'm Elisa Hamilton. See you next time. Bye-bye.